Welcome to A Fresh Take, where we look at timely and timeless issues through the lens of biblical truth. I'm your host, Mark Pennell, joined each week by Pastor Paul Sartorelli of Trinity Church in Metro, Ohio. This is our chance to take a look at important biblical, cultural, and contemporary topics that resonate for all listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Hi there, I'm Mark Pell, along with Paul Sartorelli. He's the pastor of Trinity here in, in Mentor. Uh, give me a little history about, I've known him for 25 years. Give me a little history about his, his love for Christ and where it began. And became a believer in college at Kent State. And yeah. then you started like crazy studying Greek. Yes, I did. That's wonderful. I, I grew up bilingual because I always knew Italian. Yeah. So languages sort of came easy to me. And I felt like, okay, if I'm going to really read this Bible, let me read it in the original language. So I took classical Greek at Kent State. And, and went off to the Dallas Seminary, which I think is the greatest in the country. But, you know. It's a good one. There are other good ones, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I just say one thing, okay. though? We did a series on the Bible. I do read the Bible from the New Testament. If you have an English Bible that you read from, it is a great translation. You don't need to, you don't need to know Greek to read your Bible. Read your English Bible. Enjoy it. And is it um, called English Standard? ESV? Uh, oh, there's the ESV. This is the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. The NIV is a good Bible. Um, the New King James is a good Bible. So we're, we've been so blessed in America with translations that um, no one should have any excuse to not read their Bible. Um, I worship one of my Bibles. It's, uh, <laughs> I bring that up because they were talking about idolatry. Yeah. I have to tell you a quick story. Amy and I were looking for a house about, oh golly, 20, 30, maybe 30 years ago. And we went into this one house. It was, it was the house I wanted, but unfortunately we got outbid. And over the, the bedroom, the bed in the bedroom was a painting of Jesus. Hmm. And I thought... Boy, I'd be covering up that painting a lot. <laughs> You'd have no kids. <laughs> it really, I couldn't. That made me. I, it 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 made me question oh. where I am. Yes. You know? Okay. So, subject of idols. Then, I mean, in a sense, a, a painting of Jesus. Uh, you know, there are some Christian traditions, some even Reformed traditions, of which we're pretty close to, that would do not allow any sort of depiction of Jesus or. Mary or uh, anybody right. because of the, the commandment, you shall not have false gods before right. me. Right. That's our topic. And yet um, I bet you don't have any small little statues no. of gods. So an idol doesn't have to be that painting or a statue of God. And I will, I think I told you earlier, uh, whenever I go to India, it's very common to see a guy go by in a pickup truck and on his dashboard, he might have Vishnu and Krishna and several other statues, or you go by, a, a gas station, and the whole front of it will be lined with various and sundry Hindu gods. And, I heard they bless, uh, they, they bless uh, tatas or whatever those cars are. Oh, probably so. Yeah. Very Hindu, yeah. the, the founder of that company. But you don't have to be be believing in a polytheistic religion to be into idolatry or into idols. I'm pretty sure you and I and you have a good number of idols if we're not careful as well. Okay, so let's get into that because it's, it's kind of important. You think that you're a, a, a statue of Jesus or a painting or, or some idol on your dashboard, mm -hmm. but there are so many other idols. Yeah, I think so. That's the interesting thing about this. I mean, I'm, dry, I'm dying to get a new car. 
So I'm finding a lot of times uh, on the web looking for the car I want. What are you looking for? A VW uh, Sport Wagon All, all oh, Drive or whatever. Oh, it's got I love the it. Longest name in the world, but mm. it's a beautiful car. Anyway, uh, but my point is, I can find myself doing that. I get myself looking at my watch and I want that watch mm-hmm. and look at it. Oh, that's beautiful. You, love- you bought me that watch. Oh, I did? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm I like you. <laughs> this can be an idol for me too. And yet, okay, a car and a watch are not necessarily idols in no. and of themselves. No. It's more... Th- what we put into them or maybe what we're trying to get out of them. I had a quote from Calvin. I want you to uh, interact with it. John Calvin, the great reformer, um, right at the beginning of his institutes, which is his sort of his two volume theology. He says, the human heart is a factory of idols. I grew up in the Warren Youngstown area. I know all about factories. <laughs> Boy, do they smell by the way? <laughs> the human heart is a factory of idols. Every one of us is, from his mother's womb, expert in inventing idols. Every one of us. Which is more proof that we are sinners, that we are born sinners. Yeah. That's fascinating. And it's isn't it also proof then, not only were we born sinners, we're born religious. Oh, yeah. We need a God. So we attach ourselves to something. We'll make one up if we have to. Very good. Okay. Does that mean that he was invented because we needed him? Frederick Nietzsche would say so. No. Karl Marx would say so. (laughs) Of course. Um, Yes, they would say we needed something transcendent beyond us to either give us meaning or to, or or what Marx would say is to keep the masses in line. Mm. And so that's why he called religion the opiate of the people. It kept everybody sedate. Um, so yes, if we're, if we're atheistic politicians, yes, we invented God for our own purposes. But the, the, the thing I'm leading to is the fact that our God is the only power that can pull away from our idols that can make us into the person that we're supposed to be and not be, uh, laden with all the idols we're going right. after. Yeah, and, and I, I believe that there's a weight to these this idolatry that we carry. Right. And yet he knew, let's just start from the beginning. The, the 10 commandments go right off the bat. And, and God says, I'm the Lord, your God, you will not have false gods. The English literally says before me, Um, which in many ways is a good, gives us a good beginning of what an idol is. Interesting. It's a false God, but it's also a a priority thing. It's, it's something we lend devotion to allegiance to um, before God. Before as in standing before or actually before God, before he enters into the picture? Yeah, I took it that way as a priority. You know, I've got work, family, money, Volkswagen, God. Okay. And so in as much as I depend on those things, not so much for time, but for attention, devotion before God. Okay. So now that we, now that we've kind of put a, an explanation as to what idolatry idols are. What do we do next? 
I think we, we have to take it out of the abstract. We've got to take us to September, October 2021 and say, okay, what are those idols? How do we identify them? And um, how can we look at them in our own life? And I, I like to often say, okay, if if an idol is something before God, we prioritize him before God and we have him replace God. Yeah. What are we replacing him for? And I, I identified several things. Where do I find meaning? Mm. Um, so I find my meaning in life through whatever we can talk about what these are or purpose. What's my purpose in life? Um, wh where do I find my identity? Boy, we live in a day where identity is huge. And then where and fourth also huge today is truth. So either I find meaning, purpose, identity, truth in God himself mm -hmm. and in his scriptures, mm -hmm. or I find meaning, purpose, identity, truth in something else. Mm -hmm. um, that to me is, is the essence of idolatry. Um, where, when I find those things in something other than God, then let's, let's chase that rabbit hole, uh, hole and find, okay, where, where am I getting my meaning? Where am I finding my purpose? Where am I finding my identity or where am I finding my truth? Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, uh, as I was sharing with you before we started this little recording, that uh, I look at the clock, let's say the day, daily clock, and I found myself yesterday looking on the web for this new car or, or shoes. That was really worthwhile. Uh, what I could have been doing at that time was devoting my time to him. Mm. And, that's, and yet, uh, let me push back. You need a car. Yeah. Well, so you have to spend some time going for the best deal or yeah, whatever, right? Right. But I was drooling. Okay. So if you find your identity mm -hmm. in that Volkswagen Golf, whatever it is, beautiful, mm -hmm. with red, red with with, interior, with 19 inch wheels, oh, four wheel drive. Oh yeah. My starting to drive. <laughs> See, in a sense, that's, that's the line that we draw. We need these. We need, I need a watch, although people don't wear watches anymore. They, they use their phone. But when I spend, you know, you talked me out of a watch not long ago that I had my heart on this watch. I came into some extra money and it was a pretty expensive watch. And um, this guy talked me out of it. And this is the first time he's talked to me since. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's step back. Um, meaning, purpose. Okay, let's go with identity. Okay. We live in a day where um, people's identity are is found in their politics, mm -hmm. or here's a bigger one, in their gender or their mm -hmm. their their gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. And so, don't call me he or her. Call me they. Mm -hmm. um, and because now my identity is so important to me and I'm trying to rediscover it, in a sense, that can become idolatry, too. What we're saying is to truly have the Lord your God before all other idols is to say God gets to define your identity, right. not your gender or 
dysphoria or whatever, not your politics, not your cable news station. God defines your identity. God defines your purpose. Yeah. You just recently retired. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing finding purpose outside of um, NPR and WKSU and all that? Actually, it's, it's been tougher than I thought. because I bet. I, wanted to, I, I kept praying for quite a few years that I wanted to do everything for him. And I, this, I thoroughly, I love this more than anything in my retirement is doing this. I'd like to do more of this, anything that serves him, but I, I closed minded or whatever reasons I'm, I haven't found enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the two things in particular, you're talking about gender and politics mm-hmm. in both cases, you're looking for truth. Who am I truly? Yeah. And what is the correct politics is conservatism or is a, a progressivism which is the truth you're not going to find truth in any one of those things. that's right there's only one truth and i keep hammering that away i think it's important to know and the only truth there is comes from the only god right i mean it's it becomes clear let's go into real other idolatries and religions okay it would be one thing to say since we started with india that i get my truth in the bhagavad gita Okay, is that a real word? Yeah, that is. That's that's their Hindu scriptures, oh, the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, okay. And I'd say no. You, we believe you get your truth in the scriptures. Okay, so th- it's a good one to one comparison. If you're of this religion, you get your you get your truth in the Quran. If you're Muslim, or you get it in the Bible. If you're Christian, okay, those are competing truths. Okay, take it out of religion, but keep it in idolatry. So if do you get your truth from your political party mm-hmm. or do you get your truth from scripture? Now, there can be some even in the, the Quran or the scriptures, there can be some blending where there's some similarities. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. But your absolute truth, where are you getting it? Are you getting it in your identity as a Republican or a Democrat or wh- wherever else you find, or an American? Mm-hmm. Or are you getting your identity from Christ and the scriptures. That's where the blur happens. Should should we be uncomfortable when we find ourselves um, so aligned with a particular view or even a particular person in that view that we've that we've kind of forgotten what we're supposed to be saying and doing in the name of God? I think we can. Uh, uh, To me, a key word in Christianity is the word transcend. The Lord not only is a transcendent God, but his truth is meant to transcend um, not only our lives, but our countries, our politics, our philosophy, our art. In other words, it's it can speak into each of those things, but none of those things can then become the actual reflection of who he is. Does does that make sense? So can God speak into conservative politics? Indeed, he can. And there is some good truth truth in some conservative politics. But when those two things, when people believe those two things become mirrors of each other, that's when you get into trouble. Yeah. You know, one of the, to me, one of the um, idols of our day is subjectivism, where all truth, everything is true. There is no absolute truth. Which is mind boggling. Yeah. I'm sorry. How can your truth and my truth be truth. I, if, if your truth is great and I disagree with you, then... But that's the world we live in. Total relativism. Oof. And relativism has become an idol for today. So that relativism, is a, as, as um, contradictory as it sounds, relativism becomes the idol of truth today. It's like, yeah, but that's saying there is no truth. 
But there is no truth in today if that's the case. That's the society we live in. We become our own little gods. So therefore, my God, me, yes. with my view, is valuable. Right. So I become self-determinative, and that too becomes an idol, so that I get to determine my own meaning, and I get to determine my own purpose. I get to determine my own identity, and I get to determine my own truth. And in a sense, I think you hit the nail on the head. The ultimate idol of today is me. We've become so narcissistic. We've become so sort of self-involved that I'm my own idol. So all of these other smaller gods are meant to feed this God, me. I, I don't know if this really has much to do with it. We have, I know we have to close things up, but I thought it was interesting. The other night I was watching on PBS a documentary on the Kurds that have been in the middle of fighting for... Mm -hmm. and. To cut a long story short, there were 150 people who were crossing a, a line into another country, and literally it was like a line in the sand because that's all there was was rock and sand. There wow. was anything around, no buildings, anything. Hopefully, a good gust of wind doesn't come exactly blur the line. These people, really, these people are begging to get into this this country across that line. They have no food, they have no water, they have no jobs, they have no shelter, they have nothing. Hmm. And these, how sad! I know what these people are begging for something that they can hold on to that will give them a new start, a new life. And here you and I are just unbelievably spoiled. Yeah, for sure. And so, but what's funny is... Complaining about my car has too many miles on it. Right. And I'm, I'm complaining that I don't like the car I'm driving. I want a new one. What's wrong with the car I have? We are incredibly... Our society is so spoiled that we have a million idols. Mm-hmm. And we have, we've forgotten the most important yeah. one. And that's why we're doing this series. We think this is a real issue that faces real people. Well, Calvin said it from the moment we were born. Uh, real quick, and throughout our shows, I want to remind us of this, just to end with um, what I think is a little bit of something to think through to sort of confront your idol. Okay. The first, first, just three steps in a sense. First of all, is to identify it, mm -hmm. to identify my idol. It might be materialism. It might be my car. It might be my watch. It's probably me, but to identify the idol, to say it out loud, name it. And maybe if you have a good friend, like I have Mark, tell your friend, identify it. Second step, pray. First of all, confess your sin. The Lord has clearly said, I am the Lord, your God. You will not have false gods before you. Mm -hmm. Confess your sin. Lord, I have so many false gods before you. And I am sorry. Whether you confess them or not. It totally knows them. The other part of that prayer would then be, um, please change my heart. Um, if, if my idol is toward materialism, change my heart to love people more than things. Um, change my, break my heart for the Kurds or, or Afghanistan people in Afghanistan. Break my heart over what breaks yours instead of wanting all these things. So identify it, pray, and then thirdly, replace it. Um, and this is where God needs to help as well, but replace that idol ultimately with the true God, with Christ. And I think that comes through reading the truth with being in fellowship with other believers, both in a smaller context, like with me and Mark, um, but also in your church fellowship. Um, and then continually let the truth of God and the fellowship of his people begin to change your heart and replace that idol with Christ himself. We'll say it again and again throughout this series. Yeah, we have uh, two more programs and we probably should have a lot more on idolatry, especially when you're talking about it with me, but we won't get into that right now. Um, two more on idolatry. So we hope that you'll join us. Until then, thank you.
Thank you for joining us today for A Fresh Take. Your support means so much to us as we get this podcast off the ground. So if you enjoyed today's episode, would you please consider leaving a review to help us get the word out to more listeners? You can also subscribe to A Fresh Take right now and guarantee that you will never miss a new episode. The video version of this podcast is available on the Trinity Menor YouTube channel or by visiting trinitymenor.com slash learnandgrow, where you can also catch up on past episodes of Pastor Paul's video series, Take 5, or read back through his blog, To The Point. A Fresh Take is hosted by Mark Pennell alongside Pastor Paul Sartorelli and is a ministry of Trinity Church in Menor, Ohio. Our musical selections are provided courtesy of Michael Burrett from the Eastman School of Music. Visit trinitymenor.com for more information about Trinity and its ministries. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you next time.